with creating a pro-life culture along with making it illegal eventually we can get to the point that we look back and we ask those same questions of oh my goodness how was that ever illegal i can't believe that was ever a thing violence in the womb what ending pre-born life oh my goodness and that one day we can get to the point that when a woman is in an unplanned pregnancy that abortion is never the the response that the immediate response would be like how you just said hey girl let's go to our local pho and get you that free pregnancy test like like oh wow well this is exciting can't relate to cancel culture hookup culture or victim culture (laughs) well neither could we we created this platform for those other girls girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a christian and conservative worldview we talk about life work relationships and everything in between let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture but change culture and bring back traditional values expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. And I'm Melanie. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Okay, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Um, We've been getting a lot of new followers and listeners lately. So I want to um, give a little spiel I guess at the beginning if this is your first time listening thank you so much for clicking on this episode wherever you're listening Apple Spotify Radio Public Stitcher Amazon Audible and wherever else you're listening thank you so much for doing that um and this podcast is for you the idea behind this podcast was to create a podcast four girls that talked about all of the fun things that all the other podcasts talk about life career health fitness um pop culture politics all these things the idea was to talk about all that but from a christian conservative perspective with that being said everything that we talk about we're coming at it from our worldview Everyone has a worldview, no matter who you're listening to, they have a worldview and ours is Christian conservative. So if you are kind of tired of listening to um, some true crime podcasts, I'm thinking of one right now. It's a fun podcast. I like it for the most part, but every five or not five seconds, every now and then there's always a dig at conservatives. There's always a dig at Christians and there's some cursing here and there. If you are kind of tired of that and you like are not about that, but you still want to hear, you know, did Scott Peterson really do it? Or if you still want to hear, um, wow, who do you think the father of Chloe's, well, Chloe's not pregnant, Kylie's baby, well, it's Travis. Anyway, if you want to hear us talk about like Kylie and Travis, then um, you have clicked on the right place. Also too, one of the things that is very important to us um, is the issue of life. We talk about politics, but we don't like to um, categorize 
pro-life issues abortion that is not a political issue that is a humanity issue that is a humanitarian issue it is a humanitarian crisis so we really want to talk about that and at the beginning our tagline is changing culture and bringing back traditional values one of two of the things we would like to do in students for life which is a great organization Mel, that's how melanie and i met and um they always say they want to make abortion um illegal and unthinkable so what we do to make it illegal is we vote we go out there we vote we care about who is in office and as we're going to talk about what happened in texas not just who the president is but who is in charge of your state legislator uh, and we will be doing some episodes on our youtube channel those will probably be youtube exclusives where we talk about like what is your state representative who is your governor how does your governor get elected we'll be talking about those different things um on a YouTube channel eventually. Um, but we also too, another thing Melanie and I have both done is door knocking, doing phone calls, is being active. That is how we make something that is so atrocious. That's how we work to make it illegal. But the next part that we really have to work on simultaneously, I don't think you do these two things separately. I don't think you do one and then do the other and it has to be done together is we have to make it unthinkable. And for that, we do changing culture. And that is part of what this podcast is. This podcast is a, um, it's our voice in the culture, because right now, as I've said a thousand times right now, the default is pro abortion. The default is you are, if you're a nice, sweet, kind person, you are pro-abortion. And we reject that narrative. Why do we reject that narrative? We know that that's not true. But people don't know that. People don't know what they don't know. They don't know education. So that is one of the things that this podcast wants to do is educate you and to be able to help you educate your friends. So that brings us to today's episode. We have Melanie Ategzant. <clears throat> Oh, sorry. I don't know what just happened to my throat. We have Melanie, a Texan who's on mute. I don't know if she knows that. Um, <laughs> we have Melanie, a Texan who was going to talk about that. She's also a pro-life activist. She's our official pro-life ambassador advocate <laughs> person for the podcast in general. Um, and she is going to be talking a little bit about what happened in Texas. And she will also be talking a little bit about, um, We'll be debunking some myths and then what the next steps are going to be. So without further ado, Melanie, let's get to it. Um, do you want to give people your background real quick or? Yeah, so I am born and raised, live in San Antonio, Texas. Yeehaw, Ghost first go, remember okay. the Alamo. And <laughs> I let's not forget I'm from the great country oh, gosh. of Texas. <laughs> I love it here, y'all. And um I love to dance. I love horror movies. I have a dog named Manolo that who I'm in love with. I have a wonderful boyfriend of going on three years, Jerry. Shout out to Jerry. Love you. And um, he's a fan of the pod. Yes, he is a fan. He will be listening to this episode. And <laughs> yeah, I got involved in the pro-life movement when I started at my now alma mater. I helped to restart the pro-life group there that now is a thriving club that I'm ever so proud of. And I just continued to say yes to any opportunity, how I could help protect the pre-born and empower women within the pro-life movement. And a lot of that was through uh, opportunities with Students for Life of America. 
Yes. And we here on the podcast are huge fans of Students for Life, of Force, of Students for Life, Force. Anyway, we're fans of Students <laughs> for Life, um, a great organization. If you're in college, middle school, high school, um, you should definitely look into starting a club or joining your club. They do really good ground work. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also you want to talk about sidewalk stuff that you've done? Yeah. I always forget to include that I'm also a sidewalk advocate. <laughs> a professional. So, She's professional, yes, y'all. I am. So, and everything. Yes. Yeah, so um, my city has a really awesome coalition for life. So we do a lot of work to always have one person at Planned Parenthood every hour that it's open. And the hope is one day to refer so many people to life-affirming resources that are free or low cost that one day that facility will be shut down is the goal that people will have received real help be aware of the real resources and options and um, shut down that abortion facility so I've been doing that for going on two years I think of helping out um, whenever God allowed for me to be back in San Antonio so I've seen it all Um, violent people I've seen people who are so appreciative of the information. Can you tell us a happy success story really quick if you have one? Um, Sorry, hmm. that put you on the spot. Well, really, a success story would be whenever I got a referral to go next door. So the way how we have it at our abortion facility is there's a pregnancy resource center literally right next door. So I just experienced it many times I don't know how how many at this point but just the simple hi um would you like a free gift bag has information on free ultrasound oh an ultrasound that's why I'm here today oh really that's awesome well um they charge upwards of about three hundred dollars for one ultrasound but you can get that next door for free does that sound like something you're interested in and most of the time they're going to say oh yeah and so I've just had that experience many times, which really reaffirms like the work that we're doing out on the front lines and um, how, because at first it's scary, you know, like with most things, but how a simple conversation saved a life and helped a woman. And someone presented it to me in this way of not only are we saving a life, but you're potentially saving generations of people who will never know. But yeah, I thought someone told me that today. And so that really like widened my my just appreciation for sidewalk advocacy is not only are we helping that woman, but we're saving generations of, you know, families and persons who have a purpose so that's that's the empower that's like the special things that I can think of it's just those multiple instances of just being brave offering a goodie bag and talking and saying yeah there's free right next door how simple and easy it can be if you just say yes I'm going to talk with her and I wonder if like when we get to heaven people will know like 
hey, like if someone will go, hey, you know, you talk to my mom for like five minutes and I'm here. So I'm, yeah. I don't know, that'd be cool if you get to yeah. like, there's all these people who are coming up and thanking you. Yeah, maybe the angels will set it up to be yeah. like, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so, you don't know each other, but now you will. And, you know. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we will get into a little bit more of like sidewalk advocacy and how um, after on, that'll just be the next part of like what's next after things that happen in Texas also happen in um, the rest of the country. Okay, so let's get into it. Melanie, can you, do you have like a brief summary of like what the bill says? You. Yeah, so this law is very different from other heartbeat laws that have been tried to go into effect in other states because the way how it's enforced is not by the government, but it's by the citizens. So it's really inspiring and empowering because in a way it's kind of like saying like, hey, the government isn't protecting preborn. So we will. So it's not that, um, like, the way how the law is enforced is by um, a civil lawsuit. So a citizen would say, would have to know or find out that a woman obtained an abortion and then that abortionist and anyone who assisted with the procurement of that abortion is eligible to be sued under the law after a preborn human has a heartbeat. So that's how it's enforced. That's how it's different from other heartbeat bills that have failed um, because this is enforced by the citizens. Um, and another thing is that I, I really wanted to break down some common myths. Yes. One being, one being that the woman can be sued. So that is just flat out not true. That's nowhere in the law. And that was never a thing prior to Roe v. Wade. So it's not a thing now. It's never been a thing for the woman herself to be punished. So again, the abortionist and anyone who assisted, meaning like it could be the Uber slash Lyft driver, by the way, don't support Lyft anymore because they're saying that they will um, cover any legal fees if they if we one of their employees were to be sued. So, so wait, um, pause, pause for a second. So that is, so they really could, you could sue the Lyft driver. Is that something that we think is actually going to happen? So I yeah, think that's such so, hyperbole. I, I don't yeah, know. I know. Yeah. So ideally, people would follow the law. Um, I was actually um, in a documentary with Vice News yesterday, and this was a question that the pro-abortion reporter was asking of like, will you sue? Are you going to sue? Do you plan on suing? And my response really was, well, ideally people aren't going to break the law. I don't want to have to sue <laughs> if yeah. people are going to abide by the law, you know? Isn't that kind of like, counteractive like yeah have to sue because nobody should ideally be breaking the law um but of course if we see injustice happening for example of 
your neighbor's house is being broken into or you see somebody beating someone up when we see injustice happening i would hope people are brave enough to say something about it and so the same thing if we had confirmation of an abortionist still performing abortions after the preborn human's detectable heartbeat via ultrasound yeah then i hope that i along with any pro-lifer would be brave enough to call out the injustice so that's how i would relate it i have a question okay if someone well no i guess they wouldn't okay never mind i was going to ask if someone is robbing a bank and they take this is not funny but it is Hello. to take a lift to rob the bank could they prosecute the lift driver but the difference would be obviously they would be an accomplice they would be an accomplice but what if the lift driver didn't know well i guess that and they would prosecute the people that do know that are purposely yeah i guess so i'm just i see and that's another thing is that like today makes the law one week old (laughs) at the time that we're recording this (laughs) so and that's another thing I, i told the reporter last night is that this is new to everyone yeah so everyone is still learning yeah how like how is this going to affect real life yeah what is actually suing going to look like yeah um but yeah ideally an abortionist is not is not going to perform an abortion after a detectable preborn human's heartbeat because um i believe they can get a fine of up to ten thousand dollars i think or maybe i'm misunderstanding that and it's the person who reports it can receive ten thousand dollars i'm not sure i'm i i don't know let me see if it's on here i feel as if it's probably they will just be fined um yeah there's but it's gonna it's like hefty fees yeah which i'm all for i that 100 percent prosecute them find them lock them up maybe not lock them up right away but lock them up eventually yeah uh let's see here the thing i have doesn't say who receives it but that's good to know okay so yeah next myth you were gonna say yeah so another myth going around is that um perpetrators through sexual violence can sue for example if they're if the person they're abusing becomes pregnant that they can sue and say like no i don't want you to have this abortion which under the law is also not true and i have it pulled up in front of me so i can literally um read what it says so it says notwithstanding any other law a civil action under this section may not be brought by a person who impregnated the abortion patient through an act of rape sexual assault incest or any other act prohibited by sections penal code so literally says it in the law (laughs) um and so i think it's just misinformation disbelief people who just well haven't taken the time to (laughs) find out the truth well what it is and i'll tell you what it is 
what it is is people like you said it's been out for a week people are on high emotion high alert people are very upset people are scared people are thinking of the absolute worst thing so anybody that shares anything about this law whether it sounds like hyperbole whether it's a flat-out lie people are just going to share it and share it and share it and then share it again um people most people are not doing their research because I'll admit last week, I didn't think the whole Lyft driver thing was real. And I'm pretty sure I said, no, it wasn't real, but I can retract that. I guess it is real. Um, but people have not read it and they do not, they are not um, educating themselves. And what does that tell you about for myself, for example, I like that you read it out loud. So I know that that part, and then um, just not just me, but everyone else listening to like, you know, maybe we should all take a glance at if we're going to have educated conversations about it um but yes thank you those are two that have really been making the rounds and they've been making the rounds because those yes okay so i found the part that talks about the ten thousand dollars perfect so let me read it if a claimant prevails in an action brought under this section the court shall award injunctive relief sufficient to prevent the defendant from violating this subchapter subchapter or engaging in acts that aid or abet violations of this subchapter statute statutory damages in an amount of not less than ten thousand dollars for each abortion that the, that the defendant performed or induced in violation of this subchapter and for each abortion performed or induced in violation of this subchapter that the defendant aided or abetted and costs and attorney fees. So it sounds like for each abortion, that abortionist has to pay $10,000 plus attorney fees. (laughs) So to the person who brings it up against them? No, like the abortionist. Oh, Oh, who would they award that ten thousand yeah. dollars to? I couldn't really just, tell. I yeah. don't know. Okay, well, either I, way, an abortionist—it's yeah. like either you way know, cost and cost and demand. Like yeah. an abortion costs like what uh, a couple, a few hundred dollars. Like I don't well, know. You gotta exactly. pay this ten thousand five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. So it's not worth, it wouldn't be worth it for an abortionist to continue performing after a detectable heartbeat and, um, you know, and then have to deal with the minimum $10,000 fees. Yeah, minimum. So it could be more than that. Yeah, and I also, um, I think another common myth, and I know I said this earlier, was that about um the woman herself being sued and so i also have it here in the law Perfect. yes this is what we need this is what we need so everyone listen like this is from but the again, law. like like we you have to understand like, this is a lot of legal jargon that's like i feel like right. for the average you know joe blow it's hard to understand and that's but, okay but at least we have it being read and if they need to re-listen to that rewind it ask someone to break it down at least we have it because I think something that's really big and important is for us to always be uh mindful of facts and truth I think that's very important okay go ahead yeah so here is um section talking about that the woman herself can't be sued um 
Okay, so starts off. This subchapter does not create or recognize a right to abortion before a fetal, a fetal heartbeat is detected. This subchapter may not be construed to authorize the initiation of a cause of action against or the prosecution of a woman on whom an abortion is performed or induced or attempted to be performed or induced in violation of this subchapter. So again, I think the like the main thing is the initiation of a cause of action against or the prosecution of a woman on whom an abortion is performed or induced that that is not allowed. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I got out of it. I think so. Um, those are like the main things I wanted to share. Is that no uh, perpetrators do sexual violence do not have a right to sue. And the woman herself cannot be sued. And I feel like there was a third thing I brought up. The woman herself. Oh, and the lift thing. No. Yeah, the lift thing. We talked. The $10,000. We confirmed it is $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another thing I, I kind of wanted us. Uh, well, actually, first I want to say. Um, so studentsforlife.org has the top eight myths about the new Texas abortion law. Oh, Oh, I didn't tell you that. <laughs> Awkward. Um, they have a blog post and I'm going to link it for everybody. And I'll also share it on, like, I'll try to put it everywhere, any place of the podcast. Um, but yeah, this is really, um, this, she kind of covered a lot of the things. Um, one thing I did want to cover, um, Okay, one, there's two things I wanted to cover on the list, but before we do that, it kind of like transitions into, I do want to talk a little bit about the heartbeat um, part. Yeah. I think we should discuss like our feelings about that. Yeah. So, well, I wanted to add to that, like the, so Roe v. Wade made it so that abortion is legal in all 50 states. So technically abortion is not illegal in texas it's only illegal after a detectable uh, pre-born human's heartbeat so because some people say like it's a complete ban on abortion yeah we're in handmade technically sale. yeah <laughs> and technically it's not it's so um but that would be up to women knowing their bodies tracking their fertility um which they don't which they don't exactly because most women who get abortions are on some type of contraception meaning they're not learning their cycles and they're masking their natural hormones so they're really not knowing when they're ovulating i mean the way how a woman becomes pregnant on contraception is by breakthrough ovulation meaning like an accidental ovulation like the egg gets through um because the way how contraception works hormonal contraception is by masking ovulation by making it so that she doesn't ovulate and making the body think that she already ovulated which is how they can have as much sex as they want and not become pregnant but then it's those exact girls on the hormonal contraception who are having the unplanned pregnancies and wanting abortion 
So I think it is possible for women who do track their cycles, who are aware of their fertility to know when they're pregnant super early on. Like it is very possible. I just, I know. Yeah. So like, that's why I'm just trying to stress like, yeah, it's like Roe v. Wade is still in effect over the state of Texas. Um, you know, and I also want to say, so to your point, um, the morning toast, Vic has me listening to that now. And one of the girls is pregnant and she does the temperature thing. Okay, cool. She knew right away. She knew. Exactly. Um, I think it was, she exactly. said it was like after two days, she knew something like that. So if you are tracking, which um, that's another thing, this podcast is anti-birth control, hundred um, percent. And um if you're tracking, then you'll know, you'll know how your body, uh, you'll, you'll know your body. And I do, we will talk about that. I keep saying that and everybody hold me accountable to it. If you <laughs> make sure you say that. I really want a professional to come on here and discuss it and like not have a class, but I'd love to even do a zoom where you can talk to a professional that can maybe be a Patreon thing once we get our Patreon up and running. But I do want to do that because we like everything I've learned has pretty much been from Melanie and then like I've listened to two podcasts and I'm reading a well finishing up reading a book but like it's I didn't learn any of the stuff in school um I didn't learn you don't just learn this random you learn I'm sorry you learn it randomly you learn it from friends who are really into it and you learn it from maybe listening to a podcast so we really want this podcast to be one of your resources um so to so my opinions about the heartbeat um if you believe that life begins at conception, so anytime from conception, when egg meets sperm, anytime from that to heartbeat can be detected about six weeks average. Yeah. So the heartbeat begins, the heartbeat actually begins around 18 to 21 days old. Um, But then it's detectable earliest about six weeks via ultrasound so which is why if you pay attention to the abortion language yeah they're not calling the texas heartbeat law by its name they're calling it sb8 they're calling they're not calling it uh oh abortions a ban on abortions after a preborn human a fetal heartbeat they're saying a ban after six weeks like they're not using the same language because they don't want people to think about the heartbeat they don't want people to acknowledge the life in the womb so they're just calling it sba and six week ban on abortions and that is a very very good point and i wanted to say that like um so there is still a chance for pre-born babies to be okay that is super bright i don't know I just told Alexa to turn the lights on. Okay. <laughs> like, we're adjusting. We're adjusting. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, like that is still leaves a window for preborn babies to be murdered in the womb. So this is a great, the um, heartbeat bill is great. It is a huge win. I mean, huge, but it is not a complete abolition. And I know that we both are for abolition of abortion um completely so that is i think that's just something to like be made aware of because i know i have a few friends that were like 
not necessarily happy about the bill um, because here's the other okay so here's a negative um mm-hmm. we have to rely on people reporting heartbeats we have to rely on Planned Parenthood's being honest we have to so that yeah. I mean that does cause some you know there are a few pieces where okay how are we going to implement this but I yeah. do think the fact that this is in law is a huge step and I think we definitely should celebrate I honestly think we should celebrate any type of legislation and um because it's it's a it's a step in the right direction we yeah. can't do it all in one night um no matter what anybody tells you if we could we would have that's yeah that's too. if it was possible to do it all in one night we would have but yeah. I do want to um just note because I, I'm pretty sure we have some people who are against um, incrementalism listening, I do want to note that there is a portion where a preborn baby could be murdered. Um, but that's for right now. Who knows in the next couple of months? Well, maybe not months. Could be, you know what? I'm not going to put anything past God. Who knows what's going to happen next? It's still a really good, um, a good step. Yeah. Uh, a phrase I've been hearing from pro-life community in texas is that this is a baby step in the right direction yes and it i mean it truly is this is a huge victory and we have confirmation based off of like planned parenthood's emails their own social media talking about even people you know calling to ask i think i'm this far along what what are your abortion services um confirming that they're not uh, currently performing abortions and as i said today makes it about a week old and i've seen different numbers showing that it's been saving about um 150 lives a day so let's that see, is one, something to 150 celebrate. times seven days that's over a thousand lives saved in this one week oh, so, so good. like this is amazing so like I don't know, like, you know, there's holes, there's flaws and things. And, and like I said earlier, like everyone's learning, like how to yeah. live this out, how this is actually like real life being implemented. But like, let's just say, I don't know, like who cares about the things that are flaws when we know about a thousand lives have been saved so far. I was like, going to say like, like I'm not really pressed. Like I'm like, this gonna, is a celebratory time. And that's just it being one week. And we're going to, if, you know, a, if you're pro-life, like one life is what matters. Like, okay, we got one. Yeah. Not only do we, we got one times 1,050. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I think that's, um, I mean, I was really encouraged. I was super happy. Um, yeah. I remember crying when I, I cried. I found out that I I think I found out the day that the governor signed it into law, uh, while I was in Uganda. (laughs) So I was in a different time zone. Jerry called me and I just started crying over the phone. Just, you know, yeah, it's such a, it's such a surreal time to be a pro-life activist in Texas right now. Like this almost feels like a dream come true. I was going to say, I can't, North Carolina, pray for us. I can't imagine how great it feels. Like, all right, we this we did something. Like this followed through. There, we got our foot in the door. And honestly, like Texas has 
paved the way for so many other countries. I mean, well, countries, but um, <laughs> let me stop. Texas Freudian is not its own country. Is own country. <laughs> it paved the way for so many other states in the country. So I yeah. can't even imagine how great it feels. And then also too, to know that like your state is pretty a safe haven almost pretty much. And yeah. I mean- you know, we have friends that are activists and they sometimes share Planned Parenthood stuff to like, uh, you know, to know with the enemy or whatever. And um, yeah. I opposition saw research, opposition research. And I saw a <laughs> post saying like, they're, they're legitimately concerned. And I feel like that also too gives me like, not hope, but like, that makes me know that this isn't just one of those little fan, like there's been a lot of bills that have gone through that have kind of just been like, oh, here you are, pro-lifers, please be quiet. Um, but the fact that Planned Parenthood is so concerned, they're legit, like they're legitimately afraid. That gives me like so much hope that makes me think like, okay, this is this is definitely something serious. Like we have done a step. And I'm saying we, I don't live in Texas, but I do think like everybody that is in the pro-life movement, this was all of us together. Because like I said, like, illegal and unthinkable whatever you're doing in the pro-life movement however small posting occasionally talking to your friends about it that is helping make it unthinkable that is changing the culture the culture is like what we really were focusing on laws and the culture we really need to just do our part in educating and talking about it in the culture yeah Um, and I really wanted to like go off of your point earlier of it's not it doesn't protect all of preborn humans, like preborn humans who don't have a heartbeat or that in-between phase of they have a heartbeat, but it's not detectable like by an ultrasound that yes, like that is, you know, still the reality and possibility. And it's sad. Um, but I think too, like we want to do, I th- ideally, whatever is going like the best strategies for the most amount of success there was a texas a a bill throughout this past legislative session called the texas abolition strategy that didn't make it to become law um and the way how the abolition strategy worked is like after so many like every like two years like a new it was like a three-part bill in that bill that a new thing would go into effect every like two years, I think is how it was written up. So the first thing that would immediately go into effect is that it would end all discriminatory abortions based off of sex, disability, race. And then I think after two years, it would make it so that abortions were would be illegal after a preborn human's heartbeat. And then another two years um, make it a complete abolishment of abortion and so that was something that didn't go through and I believe this heartbeat bill was also something in the last legislative session because Texas we have our legislative session every two years um so two years ago it was something that tried to go through didn't make it and so but it, it went through this time um, and the Texas abolition strategy didn't go through this time. Maybe it'll make it through, you know, in 2023, like that's definitely possible. Um, like it wasn't too long ago. I don't know how many years ago um, before this heartbeat law, 
abortions are legal and we're legal. I can say past tense now. Wow. Um, we're legal in <laughs> Texas up to 20 weeks when we know a preborn human can feel pain. So it was so interesting, like how people think, oh, Texas is so pro-life and conservative when preborn humans could be killed up to that point. So I'm just sharing this because it takes time, you know, mm-hmm. it takes changing that culture. Like that 20 week law from, I don't, I think it was 24 weeks prior to that, that was a step and it took time, but now we're at the preborn humans detectable heartbeat. And again, it may take time, but then finally a complete abolition is possible. But I'm just sharing this because like that, is what we want you know to make it illegal but it's going to take time to also make it unthinkable and like how you have stressed Mallory the two go hand in hand Mm -hmm. so like two years ago the heartbeat law didn't it didn't go through probably Texas wasn't ready for that I mean people can say oh we're not ready right now I mean (laughs) it's obviously we've grown since then we've prepared for this time so yeah I'm just sharing to say like I hear that and I I echo it because I want that too I want all preborn humans to be protected um it's just it naturally takes time for like efforts to be successful, you know, to work with the, with the legislative process. Um, so another bill that also went through, um, last week, it passed through both, it it made it through the house already went through the Senate. So now it just needs to go to the governor's desk. And I know he's gladly going to sign it if he hasn't already. Um, but it's, it's gone under the radar because obviously it's not as, um, headliner news as recent events um but a bill was passed um for more regulations on chemical abortions so since now surgical abortions are not going to be happening in texas that means possibly if a woman finds out she's pregnant before six weeks there's going to be a rise of chemical abortions but um they're the 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 bill that went through makes it so that a woman has to see her provider um, prior to getting these abortion pills and she has to have a post checkup after the chemical abortion pills so it's really just safety regulations but again things that the abortion industry doesn't want because it makes their job more difficult um, makes it puts an inconvenience on them but it helps potentially to save a life if a woman has to go to see the doctor and not just um, through video chat or just order online. So that's something that was also passed to hopefully protect more of those preborn lives in between that life and, you know, detectable heartbeat that Texas did do that, you know, that is another win that obviously, like I said, isn't as like, headliner news I think that is really 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 good I did not know that and I'm really glad that you know that you can talk about that because I do think there needs I think we need to put things in perspective and be honest with ourselves on what needs to be done the reality is as I've said a thousand times the It is not a popular belief. It is not 
of fun, cutesy belief to be pro-life. So we, it takes time to get the things done in, (laughs) it takes time to get the things done legally and culturally. Um, Is that Manolo? This is another dog named Mia. That's Mia. Oh, she wanted to be with you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so it takes time for all of these things to happen. And I really do like how there was this other thing that's in between like and if we just keep doing like throwing things at honestly I think we should just keep throwing things at the wall trying to figure out what it is to get it all done um and I think that also takes creativity that takes time that takes energy that takes all of us doing our part you can always be doing something I just really want to reiterate that because I know sometimes it really does feel overwhelming um being Uh, it was overwhelming um not knowing what to do not knowing how to um how to fix things but you can always always be doing something we're going to take a slight break for an ad youtube and rumble will not have an ad because i do not know how to piece them together but the podcast will so we're going to take a slight pause where we're not going to say anything so i know where to break this Hello everyone, I am on here to talk to you guys about one of our affiliates, Culture of Life 1972. Culture of Life 1972 started in 2019 with the vision to design a fashion brand that celebrated all life. They care about the impact that style has on future generations. One by one, they are leading a fashion movement that protects and values life. It's simple, fashion should be good for you. You can head over to their website, col. 1972.com and use our code those other girls 1972 to get 10% off of all of your purchases. They have cute clothes, jewelry and accessories available for everyone. All right, you guys, thanks so much. Hey, thanks everybody. We are back from our ad break. Um and I wanted to mention two things in the students for life blog. But we are kind of uh, going way over. Honestly, in my head, I was like, oh, this will be like a 30-minute episode. No, it's already been like 40 minutes, and we still have to talk about the two other things. So it's not going to be that short. Um, But those other, I'm going to link the article, the blog post that has the things debunked. Share, read it. Make sure when you're talking to your friends that are pro-abortion that you can at least actually, da, 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 here you go, you know, um, and also to show them this episode because the second half of this episode, I really want to get to um, a myth that um, lots of people have on both sides. And when I say both sides, um, I'll just say both sides and people can infer what they want with that. Um, the work is not done once abortion has become illegal. It is not done. People, um, keeping abortion legal does not help or benefit anyone that is working hard to make it illegal. Um, when abortion is illegal, everybody's not going to pack up and be like, all right, that's it. (laughs) That is not at all what's going to happen. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to get even more intense. Probably going to get maybe even a little bit harder. Yeah. There's going to be more stuff for us to do. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about sidewalk advocacy really quick. Um, I got my certification about two months ago. And um, 
I haven't moved over to the next where I actually like can talk to people. I haven't moved over to that yet. Um, I've also been out of town on time. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, Melanie has done it tons of times though. And I have been, I have prayed outside of um, clinics before. Um, and I think that, um, I think that that is something that we don't talk about as much. Um, it's something that's going to be ramped up. I don't remember if it was in the pro-life feature, which everyone, if you are um, out of college or over the age of like 22, you should um, start a pro-life feature chapter in your city. I don't remember if it was in that group chat, if it was something that Jerry told us, or I don't even know if it was Jerry, but um, I don't know if it was you or I read it somewhere, but I know I saw the word somewhere that um, pregnancy resource centers are... Um, I'm sorry, that sidewalk advocates were still outside the day that this ha that it pa happened because first of all, Planned Parenthood, I mean, still is doing the conception to detectable heartbeat. And not only that, our goal is to, you know, get also, oh, also if Planned it's only 3% of what Planned Parenthood does. So, you know, <laughs> You're we're not hearing lose. that anymore they're pretty right. pretty silent on that one <laughs> they're not going to leave for just three percent if that's <laughs> only what they do um so i kind of want to talk about that i want to talk about how like um we're still going to be doing sidewalk advocacy we're still going to be um trying to help women so let's talk about sidewalk advocacy and then we'll talk about prcs and then we'll close it out yeah okay. so I was on the sidewalk the day before the law went into effect, the day the law went into effect, and I've been out there now that it's in effect. And so um, really, we're going to be out there, and we've been out there, heartbeat law or not, we're still out there because we want people to know about the free resources available to them. And we want to shut down that facility. So we've been out there, rain, <laughs> heat, cold, and cold and, and yeah. So <laughs> we we're not stopping because the law went into effect. And and it was so interesting the day that it went into effect, there were different news outlets that came out to the sidewalk. Um, and they were like surprised that people were out there or they thought it was kind of like a special occasion that we were out there or maybe they just thought that kind of like how you said we would just pack up and go home and be like our work's over and when I told the reporter I said yeah we've been out here for about two years now you I heard this from them. okay I said <laughs> there's always there's always at least one person who's out here every hour that they're open he was like in shock and like i said it was a it was a special day to be out there on the sidewalk but for us it was almost like a normal day of i'm just i would be out there regardless and i feel like now especially than ever women need to know the resources available to them mm -hmm. so why would we pack up and go home you know Amen. that just yeah. has never been the mindset I feel of majority of the pro-life movement. No, because we have a post-row mindset that even 
when abortion is illegal, Roe v. Wade, um, Dobbs v. Bolton is overturned or reversed, and the abortion battle goes back to the states, unplanned pregnancies are still going to happen. That's never going to stop as long as, you know, we're in our human bodies in a fallen world. That's never going to stop. So we're not going anywhere. Like we still need to, whether abortion is legal or not, walk alongside women in unplanned pregnancies. So um, that's why it's so important to get out to the sidewalk and there's going to be a lot of girls especially who don't know what's available and we really need to ramp it up and like I said we have a really good sidewalk advocacy program in my city Um, but wherever you are especially if you're in Texas get out there the women need to know Mm -hmm. what's the pregnancy center what are the resources readily available to them I agree that now more than ever, because, and here's the thing about the pro-life movement, and we've seen it on t-shirts, we've seen it on stickers, pro-life is pro-woman, pro-woman is pro-life, so like you, I like what you said, that there's still going to be unplanned pregnancies, people now more than ever need resources, people now more than ever need to know they have a village, a community that will help them, Um, so that's why we don't stop. That's why when, like you said, when it goes back to the States and it is illegal, we're, our work is not done. It's not even half done. We, this is going to be an ongoing thing that we're going to be helping because that is part of, um, that's part of being pro-life. Being pro-life is helping the mother and the child. Yeah. And think about it too. Like, let's imagine a post-Roe world. The pro-life movement isn't just going to dissolve, you know, (laughs) like we can then take our efforts to more uh, paid family leave, uh, parent, um, pregnant, friendly campuses, work environments, Mm -hmm. focus on helping with foster care reform, adoption reform, you know, like it's and not some that people are doing that now too. Yeah, exactly. People, yeah. There's, there's already people in those sects of the pro-life movement that mm-hmm. say, this is my thing. This is how I can help create yeah. a post-Row America. So again, in that post-Row America, in that reality where abortion is made illegal in your state, there's still going to be things to do, like work to be done. So yeah. And um I just also really want to reiterate you, anyone listening, you can do something you are able to, there are things that can be done. One of the things, um, transitioning to our last point, one of the things that can be done and something that I think everyone can be a part of is they can volunteer, donate, support their local PRC and your PRC is your pregnancy resource center back in the day. So I, my mom was on the board of the one in Charlotte growing up. So back in the day, it used to be called crisis pregnancy centers. And I remember thinking, or not thinking, I remember as I've gotten older being like, Ooh, we need to do some rebranding because crisis pregnancy <laughs> sounds a little, yeah. but now everyone calls them PRCs because I have said PRC to my mom before. And she's like, a what? yeah I was thinking about that (laughs) I was thinking about that earlier today um that used to be 
what was it cpc crisis pregnancy center yeah. and then most recently prc and there's also a new push for calling them pregnancy help organizations so Ooh, that's I a like that. yeah that's a new term that i'm also trying to like add into my vocabulary i, I want to start saying that organizations because also too it's meant to encompass like um maternity homes and i don't know what else would fall under like a pregnancy help organization but it's meant to you know just like widen that yeah i really want to read this tweet from live action live action i also want to give a shout out to um they do a really good job social media and they do a really good job with education they have videos um they have uh talks about abortion about what really goes on in an abortion Mm -hmm. um they do a really good job on that so i think that if you're looking for resources if you're looking for something to share with your liberal lizzie friend um it is a great great resource live action yeah the the website specifically um to the abortion procedure videos which are not graphic they're uh, like cartoon images described by a a former abortionist is called abortionprocedure.com so easy to remember literally abortionprocedure.com where you can learn about how abortion procedures are performed so yeah same thing i do that exact thing when i have pro aborts coming at me my comments or dms i'll just say like hey well i really encourage you to check out this website so you can learn more about how the procedures work it's because i don't so think people impactful and that's you know what that's something that is very people do not know they're not educated. And that's something that I mean, when we're still getting comments from a post we posted about um, abortion almost a week ago, we're still getting comments about that. And one thing all of the pro aborts are favorite thing to say is get educated. You're not educated. <laughs> when like, yeah, I've had that educated. too. That's yeah. their favorite thing, but they're not educated. They don't, they haven't been shown um, the truth. And that is another thing too. We're operating in truth. And because we're operating in truth, we will always be right. And because we're right, we will win. But that's a side note. Okay, so Live Action tweeted this um, a couple of days ago. And I just want to read it for people who are learning more about pregnancy resource centers because um, or pregnancy help organizations. Um, because I was not aware how, um, how un, not unpopular, um unknown they were I like I said like I grew up with my mom was on the board so like it's been part of my life my whole life I didn't realize a lot of people don't know what they are a lot of people don't know what they do mm-hmm. um I mean I one of my friends he said he didn't even he had never heard of it until I started talking about it like a couple of months ago and um it's like I had no idea. So this is if you're listening and you don't know what it is or if you want more information on here is what they tweeted and one year Pro-life pregnancy resource centers served 1.8 million people, provided $267 million in free services, gave parenting courses to 313,328 people, provided 
290,000, 79 packs of diapers. That is a PRC's like bread and butter diapers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're bread and butter. They supplied 2,033,513 baby outfits. Moms and babies are safe and cared for. Um, Abortion is barbaric and obsolete. I'm not quite sure. That's not part of what they provided. But anyway, those are good points. Um, And then, so here it is. Uh, Pro-life advocates operate roughly 4,000 pregnancy resource centers that provide diapers, baby clothing, baby formula, counseling, financial support, housing support, parenting classes, and more. There are um, hundreds of millions in free resources and none of these are run by pro-choice activists. And I want to make a point to the end more. Um, there are lots of pregnancy resource centers and the degree on which they operate varies, which yeah. also shows you that they need money. They need donations. They don't get anything from the government, unlike other yeah. organizations that we know about. They don't get anything from the government. But the degree on which they operate, are um, it really depends on the donations and money. So you can have a pregnancy resource center that um, can just you know provide diapers and clothes, and that's kind of it. But then you can have a pregnancy resource center that not only has classes, for um so that provides all that stuff um and then also you know does oh do they have a nurse 20 not 20 percent because that'll be over 20 percent they have a <laughs> nurse every time they're open and not only do they provide um parenting classes for the mom but they also provide man mentorship the one um that i volunteered with a little bit in virginia beach they had um, a male mentorship program so it really does vary in a degree of where you are um yeah and the reality is they need money like that is one of the biggest um hurdles is money donations and the thing is we can all do something yeah. we can all even if you can't give because i know i've been in places where like even $5 is a struggle. Even if you can't give your time is very, people definitely use, could use your time because here's the other thing too. Very few of them have full-time staff, even the ones that are like big and are able to do X, Y, and Z, very few of them have full-time staff. So all of the operation, everything that happens is through volunteers. Also too, you know, you can get some of them, I don't know all of them, but I know some of them collect lightly used like car seats, lightly used, um, you know, obviously just uh, is just a side note. Um, if you're going to donate something, obviously donate your best. Like um, I've helped with donations in various organizations. And I just think it's so disrespectful. When people donate like things that are obviously crap and they didn't want themselves to so like, oh, let me just give it to somebody. They should be grateful. Don't do that. But that's the side note. But they'll accept um, different donations. I mean, you could even do things like with your different organizations, um, which kind of brings us to um, what. Yeah, I yeah. want to share something like an idea. I have something I started doing. So I had the opportunity to intern at a maternity home for teen moms who are in the foster care system. So very unique experience. Yeah. Anyways, what uh, one thing, one cool thing I learned is that they accept um, donations for the moms. And so what I've started doing is instead of donating my um, clothes that I've either outgrown or it's just not my style anymore, instead of donating it to a thrift store, like what I've always done, now I'm intentionally 
driving to the maternity home and donating my clothes there. So that's a, an idea something that I've started doing. Like if you're pressed on time, you're pressed on money. Well, you're probably already getting rid of things. Maybe, I don't know, old toys. Um, and think of, I'm just throwing this out there for, for sure. Maternity homes, uh, probably pregnancy resource centers too. Like, you know, girls like girly things. So yeah. if you, you want to buy an extra lip gloss at the store or you know if you have a hair product that you barely use but you realize I don't like this it doesn't mix with my hair maybe something to give to a pregnancy center slash maternity home and those moms will love it so that's something I've started doing yes I love that and that oh that's so good there's so many things just little tiny things that we can start doing and this is a great way this is probably the biggest thing that you can do um to show your pro-life being pro-life is yes opposing being anti-abortion that's all you have to be to be pro-life is be anti-abortion there are little tactic things that people try to add and you know some people are pro-life from womb to tomb all you have to do to be the word pro-life is anti-abortion but we can start putting our money where our mouth is um we can start saying we can start doing different things in our lives um, that show where our allegiance is, where, what we, that we value what we're saying. Um, and the ad was for uh, culture of life. So this is, I guess, I don't for the YouTube, but I'll say it again. The ad is for culture of life and uh, I'm wearing their shirt, babe, support babes. And that's just, I love this because I mean, we're supporting each other. One of the things on cult, oh, side note, Culture of Life, since um, you don't see this on YouTube and Rumble, Culture of Life is a, um, is a uh, beautiful, they have such cute clothes, like the shirt, this necklace, uh, and accessories and jewelry, and 100% of the purchase goes to pro-life causes, so different pregnancy resource centers, different organizations that are supporting pro-life causes, so it's a great way to make sure that you are giving back to um, pro-life causes, but anyway, um, Pregnancy resource centers are- I wanted to jump in on um, how you said that pregnancy centers, uh, pregnancy help organizations offer like a variety of different services. Like, like how you're saying, I know, I know of some that like the, the, what they do is like the maternity, the material assistance, diapers, clothes, ultrasound, um, counseling, pregnancy tests. But then I know of some, I know of others that do the pre- the the parenting classes uh post-abortion healing like yeah like groups and um some that also do free S- sti testing um Ooh, so some even have I, mobile there are some that have mobile uh buses yeah that go to different places which is super yeah cool. yeah and are out um outside of abortion facilities yeah so i just wanted to share that and how you said of they don't all offer the same things. So I just really want to encourage everyone to do a simple Google search, take five, 10 minutes to Google pregnancy resource center near me and to just look at their website really quick to see 
what do they have what do they offer so that you as the pro-life person are informed of what are the life-affirming resources in your area and then you then are empowered to empower someone else if they do need those resources so really i again do a quick google search look at their websites and just know that way you know oh yeah i know the kind clinic they offer the free STI testing. Okay. Yeah. You can check out the kind clinic or, oh yeah, I know that you, oh, you want to get your IUD removed. Um, the source can do an IUD removal there. So, you know, just know your resources. So then you know where to refer someone. Yes. Um, and then also too, when you, for example, like, let's say you're an, a retired nurse, I don't know. And you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. I just really, <laughs> uh volunteer at your prc i'm sure yeah. um and you know some of the smaller ones part of the reason why they don't i think that it would be great if every prc could offer ultrasounds sti testing um and all those things um part of the reason why they don't have that is there's no one who is able to do it for either free or low cost or they just don't have the money to support that type of equipment or anything like that. Like, so when you locate your PRC, see what they offer. And then, you know what, come up with a plan. My PRC does not have an ultrasound machine. Talk to the director. Why doesn't, why don't you guys have an ultrasound machine? Well, they're like $4,000, $5,000. All right, bet. That could be your new project. Help them raise the money for that. Like there's so many things that you can be doing. Um, and like Melanie was saying too, just knowing what yours has and where yours is located can also be life-changing for someone. Because you never know in these conversations, you never know who you're going to end up speaking with. And also too, you just, there people don't know about pregnancy resource centers. They just really, pregnancy help organizations uh -huh. really don't know about them. So if we can just start talking about them more, making them more normalized, like, Oh man, you know, I, oh gosh, my husband and I, we, no, that's, oh man, I'm in college and my boyfriend and I, we just got in a huge fight and I know that I'm pregnant or I think I'm pregnant. I don't know what to do. We should make it so normal to be like, oh, okay, let's go to the pregnancy resource center. They can help us. And yeah. so like right now, I know in college, everybody's first thought was oh, Planned Parenthood. Okay. Let's go Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. It should be. Yeah. Um, Hey girl, let's the pregnancy resource center is right down the street. They can just check, they can give you a, a test and even do an ultrasound just to see where you are. Like we should, this is how we change culture. We're yeah. doing it. And I think our yeah. Friends. yeah. And ahead. I think really what you just said is the other side of the same coin of illegal and unthinkable. It's the same coin. And yeah. like an analogy I think of is how that there was a time when um, interracial marriage was illegal. That was not a thing. It was not allowed. It was frowned upon. It was weird. And yeah. now we look back where, you know, how many, that was what the sixties that it was made legal. And so yeah, I think 50, we're, we're like 60 years from then, Yeah, I think. And so and we look like, back yeah. and we're like, yeah, exactly. We're appalled. We're confused. We can't believe that was ever a thing and so i think too with creating a pro-life culture 
along with making it illegal, eventually we can get to the point that we look back and we ask those same questions of, oh my goodness, how was that ever illegal? I can't believe that was ever a thing. Violence in the womb? What? Ending preborn life? Oh my goodness. And that one day we can get to the point that when a woman is in an unplanned pregnancy, that abortion is never the the response, that the immediate right. response would be like how you just said, hey girl, let's go to our local PHO and get you that free pregnancy test. Like, like oh wow, well, this is exciting. This changes up things, but girl, you're going to be a great mom. Like it, I firmly believe it is possible to get to that point in the future. Just like how, like I said, with interracial marriage or slavery or another in, insert you know a uh, discrimination or atrocity here that was once legal that is no longer legal and now we're all you know uh, completely against that yeah. we're appalled so yeah. i i want to believe that it's definitely possible for the same thing to happen with abortion and like i said it's the same it's the other side of the same coin of voting pro-life first and creating that pro-life culture within your home, within your communities. I agree. Perfect. I think that's a good <laughs> way to end it. Is there anything else you wanted to add closing remarks? Um, well, there were just some other things I thought of about the bill that like, I for that I forgot to mention. I don't know how important it is, but there's a part of the, the law that says that the the statute of limitation is four years. So a person, I believe, has up to four years to report the um, the abortion. So I just think that's really interesting um, that there that there is a cap. It's I mean, that's a few years of time to report. But if someone were to be aware and then have a change of heart later on in life that you have that four-year gap to report that abortionist and yeah I just wanted to put that out there and again we we are the ones who are representatives of the pro-life movement like how what we say how we talk about this issue that is a pro-woman issue that this is like real female empowerment is telling a woman that she doesn't have to go against her fertility, against her pregnancy, against her preborn child to succeed and have her dreams. And so that's where I want to get to a point in society, like I said, that we tell her, okay, this changes up some things, but you're going to do it and you're going to go above and beyond. And we're going to be with you every step of the way. So can't. Can't wait to to see it happen and, and unfold. This is such a great yes. time to be alive and to be experience, experiencing this in, yes. in my country, Texas. Yes. Okay. <laughs> such a, oh, those Texas people. Y'all know them. Um, yeah. So my closing remarks really is I just want to reiterate that um, the fight is not over. Um, and that it won't 
ever be over because there's always going to be unplanned pregnancies. Nothing we can do or say will stop unplanned pregnancies. We live in a fallen world. And even, you know, even some that are unplanned that weren't necessarily a, a, a negative, maybe it was within a, a husband and wife and I don't know. There's always going to be that. So the fight will never be over, but we can all, there's stuff that we all can do. Um, and I just really want to reiterate that. And I, I guess I also want to reiterate that, like, we can change culture. We change, and I'm going to repeat what I said at the beginning. We change laws by voting. Who you vote for in your state and local elections are very important. Now, more than ever, we see that. We change laws by voting, by doing our part. You can do phone banking, you can do calls. Students for Life Action is always doing something. Um, get involved with them. Uh, Susan B. Anthony List is always doing something. Get involved. Do you anything, mailers. Sometimes people, even if you're not like confrontational, I wanna say the family council, um, they sometimes just, just need people to stuff mailers doing something. That is how you change the laws. The next thing that we're doing intertwined together is changing culture. Anything that you do, creating a pro-life Instagram account. I know that pro-life TikTok or pro-abortion TikTok is wild and crazy. I don't have TikTok, but I hear it's wild and crazy. <laughs> Start a pro-life TikTok. Um, social media is big. Do anything in social media. Also too, our conversations we're having with our friends are so important. Um, our conversations that we're having with our friends, standing up and saying something, I know that it can be difficult. I had a conversation with a friend this weekend and I am known as like the pro-life girl. And, you know, I try to, I mean, it's who I am. Um, and I try, you know, to be appropriate. Obviously, you know, if we're at someone's wedding and it's time for a toast and someone says something, obviously I'm not going to stand up and be like, wait, everybody, that's not, uh, that's not appropriate. <laughs> um, so I try to be appropriate with it. And there was a conversation that happened this past weekend um, with some friends. And, you know, sometimes it can be difficult deciding whether it's the appropriate time or not appropriate time. But I do think if you can, you should definitely say something. Somebody should say something. And if you have a friend that might be a little bit more bolder than you, always a mm-hmm in the back is always good. <laughs> it's just the tiny things. Like, it, and I understand, yeah, just the tiny things. Like we can all do something. I want you to finish this episode and feel empowered to do something, to do anything. Um, so yeah, thank yeah, you. I want to I want to share another idea of a way to get involved. So Students for Life, has a campaign going on right now called abortion free cities and so you can think of it um think of the door knocking efforts uh that yes, political yes. campaigns use to go to your door and ask you uh encourage you to vote for a certain candidate so what they're doing is going door to door in neighborhoods um that are near to abortion facilities and also near to pregnancy resource centers to say, hi, are you aware um, there's a great pregnancy center in your area that offers X, Y, and Z? And unfortunately, there's also an abortion facility in your area that is known for um, failing their quarterly health inspections and led a woman to hemorrhage. So, I'm, I'm using that because that was a real scenario that happened in Dallas. 
And, um, and so this is really going door to door, educating people about the local resources and trying to, to make awareness for the evils, the times that the abortion industry has truly harmed women and has just failed. So that's one way to get involved. And you can do that in your own city and Students for Life can help you to start at your own abortion-free city campaign for your area. And so that's free to do and they'll help you set that up. So if you really wanna go door to door telling people about the local pregnancy help organizations, you can do that. And that's so needed right now. And especially if you're living in Texas, especially if you're in Texas, now's the time to be taking this information to the people, to your neighbors. I will be linking this, that information, um, like those websites we talked about. I'll try to be, I will try to link that everywhere that this is. Um, I really appreciate everyone for listening. Um, thank you so much, Melanie, also to you for coming on and, and talking with us about this. I think this is a big, important topic. And like I said earlier, this podcast, we talk about everything and, you know, there's going to be podcasts out there from already there, there is a podcaster who I love and she's, I saw she's going to have, um, an abortion activist on her podcast. Disappointed, but I am honestly excited to hear what she has to say because I want to hear the reasoning behind and all that other stuff all your favorite podcasts are going to have podcasts that are going to be talking about the Texas if they haven't already talking about (laughs) it in some sort of way this is the Christian conservative perspective on it um thank you again for listening please 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 share this with all of your family friends Mm -hmm. share this with your liberal Lizzie friends um Mm -hmm. share share this I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try to break down some clips here and there like I just really want this information to be out there because there's so much information and I'm Melanie debunked share the share the quotes of the law like yeah my my voice there's (laughs) so much misinformation out there and I want everyone listening to be able to have intellectual conversations um about this and to actually have facts truth truth and all that other stuff so like i said please um and if you enjoyed this episode rate review subscribe the way we will get this message out is if everybody is sharing it if you could share if you're listening to this uh if you get all the way to the end of this um oh if you can God. screenshot it and tag us that'd be great too um just share it. the only way we're going to get this information out is if we're just sharing 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 this um i'm trying to think of anything else to add um yeah i think that's it i really appreciate everybody listening um share 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 everybody you have a good rest of whatever day it is you're listening to this bye-bye bye Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.